The melatonin hormone slowly starts to rise in the evening as cortisol goes down, and then that's what makes you start feeling sleepy. And women with PCOS tend to have an issue with melatonin receptors on the ovaries, and they're not as receptive to melatonin. So sometimes taking a melatonin supplement could help, or sometimes taking CBD to really reduce cortisol and then push that melatonin up can help as well. Doctor said you got PCOS. Now go on, girl, just lose some weight. Till I took the symptoms into my own hands and reversed them naturally. So I became a dietitian to help my sisters feel the best they've ever felt. Take a step in my direction if you wanna prove them wrong and take control of yourself. It's working fine. No, no. It's working fine and it's great. No, it's not. It's actually not. <laughs> We're referring to some phantom notifications that went out in the middle of the night to sisterhood members from the app. Some of the members received 10 notifications at 3 a.m. stating that this is a test. The app is working fine. And we had this ongoing joke in the Facebook group of how Sirak has had gastritis over the sisterhood app mm-hmm. development. Mm-hmm. And this was really the nail in the coffin the other yeah. day. We're trying to like set up notifications for the live calls. And, you know, I guess the developers thought that it was going out to just the test accounts that mm-hmm. we have, you know, to like the test the app. But I guess by accident, it went out to like half the members, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it's fine. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. We made light of it. Yeah, we posted about it in the Facebook group, and there was a lot of great fun, fun time and jokes. And we've um, moved on. We're happy that everybody's so understanding of these. Someone troubles. said Sirak should get a Costco-sized box of Prilosec. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't hear an episode about, I think it was about a month ago, where we talked about how in December from the app launch, I ended up getting gastritis from stress, <laughs> ended up losing a little bit of weight, but you know. We're, we're all okay. good. We're making them back. I also don't making feel like we had a full like holiday experience yeah. in December, so we might make up for it with a ski trip. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just you know. But part of my New Year resolution was to actually just relax. Of course, I should relax. Which what I did was I made a reminder, a task every day to meditate. So, for anyone who's looking to improve stress, I'll let you know how how this goes and if it helps and you know. It should be fine. He even meditated before this podcast. Oh, I did. I tried to do it early in the day. Good job, Bill. Thank you. Because you know why? If I don't do it early in the day, Mm -hmm. then it resides at the back of my shoulders. Uh And that's not giving me anxiety. Because that's just how life works, isn't it? Even (laughs) when you're trying to do something that's supposed to help you, that gives you anxiety. The fact of you trying to, you wanting to do it. Do the thing gives you anxiety. (sighs) Anyway. Anyways, everything's fine. The app is working great. We're be, all good here. To be, to be honest, everybody uh, everybody tells us that like the launch of an app is usually really stressful, and that the way ours launched is actually really good. Like the way it's everything is working and the way like nothing is broken. Yeah. A lot of people told us like when you first launch an app, it doesn't even work the first couple of days. And like fortunately, we didn't have that situation. We just had minor hiccups. Mm-hmm. But you know, still, it's like human nature to, to just get stressed out about everything. Exactly. We good. All right. Good. Let's move on. Shall we? Let's go to the Q&A. So today we're going to cover how to sleep better with PCOS. We're going to talk about the reasons why women with PCOS aren't able to sleep better and some things that you can do to improve your sleep starting tonight. So um, before we get there, let's do our Q&A, Q&A session. These are taken from Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and 
Pinterest and so forth. So time, get it started. All right. MDA HMD says, hi, someone told me pumpkin seeds are not good for PCOS. Is it true? I just found out I've been eating them regularly for weeks now. Well, actually, pumpkin seeds have lots of zinc and magnesium in it, mm. and they're great at blocking DHT. DHT is the more potent form of testosterone. So I like to sprinkle pumpkin seeds on everything. So I think it's great. Yeah. Um, the only thing I will say is that it's hard for PCOS women to absorb omega-3 fats from seeds and nuts. And the best way for us to absorb it is from fish and fish oil supplements. So mm -hmm. it maybe that's what the person was referring to when they said pumpkin seeds aren't good for PCOS, but they are good. Yeah, absolutely. All right, next question is from Kavita Mishra. Her question is, why the elliptical machine specifically? So this is in reference to a post we had on Instagram. If you don't follow us there, it's at PCOS.weightloss. And this post was talking about different forms of cardio and why some of them are more beneficial. And one of them was elliptical machine. Now, when we talk about cardio, we always talk about doing cardio in a way that makes it more efficient and makes it uh, makes uh, involves your muscles more so for example when you do an elliptical machine there is a resistance your but your arms and your legs are both involved in the motion and you can sometimes depending on the machine you can put a setting to put a bit more resistance these are all really great for building leg muscles building muscles throughout the body which in turn will improve your insulin resistance metabolism and so much more so that's like a, a reason why we would we would mention elliptical machine or the 12 330 method and things like that where you're basically putting the treadmill at an incline to increase the effectiveness on the muscles nice yeah all right we have another question from Rabea. She says, which cooking oil is the best overall? So for cooking oil, it's really about the smoke point and like how much you're cooking something. So oils like avocado oil and coconut oil have a higher smoke point and they won't burn. Um, so if you're really cooking something for a long time or even like frying something, that's what I would use. I use avocado oil. And then when it comes to like other things that are a quick saute or anything like that, I, I like olive oil personally. Great. Yeah, I like using olive oil a lot for like eggs and things sometimes avocado mm -hmm. oil i actually like using avocado oil more i feel like it doesn't have a effectiveness on the flavor as much as olive oil yeah, does sometimes it definitely doesn't have like flavor when you use avocado oil mm -hmm. all right so let's move on to the main topic of today's episode and by the way if you have any questions you want us to answer on the podcast you can always uh, ask them on any of our social media platforms um including instagram tiktok youtube pinterest and just like you can DM it to us or comment on one of our posts. And we usually will pick, you know, three questions a week to answer on here. But yeah, you can find us. I didn't mention you can find us on all those platforms at PCOS.weightloss or just PCOS weight loss. <laughs> all right. So let's hop right into it. Considering I had a poor night of sleep last night because there was so much wind yeah. and I kept waking up from it. Yeah, me too. I'm really feeling it right now. Seriously. Well, I mean, when you're so like the sleep is so important because when it's interrupted, it not only like makes you tired, but it also makes it can make you easily stressed, hungry, forgetful, uncoordinated, and you can get sicker easily. Yeah, and this is not good for anyone, especially PCOS women, because we're at a higher risk of sleep disruptions and disorders. We're 1.5 times more likely to have sleeping issues. Can you, that is, hello. Yeah, 
and we'll get into the reasons why. And once we get into the reasons why, it'll start to make sense, especially if you're experiencing, you know, like some of the some of the symptoms that, uh, like for example, fatigue or cravings throughout the day, or even like being tired throughout the entire day and still not being able to fall asleep at night. We'll cover some of the reasons why, and it'll really open up like your eyes into like what's what's actually happening. Yeah, I mean, a lot of women are just dealing like not even dealing just like living with sleep problems and it can take such a toll on your quality of life so these are really important factors to address to understand what's going on so you can really take the next steps and get in bed (laughs) yeah exactly so let's get started with some of the few things that that might be happening with your body in general that might be affecting your sleep so the first one and this is like usually the most common reason why and this is cortisol and melatonin balance if you haven't heard what cortisol is before cortisol is essentially your stress hormone Uh, when you sometimes when you work out or when you do a stressful activity your cortisol hormone will spike as a response and Tanya, you want to explain what melatonin or what melatonin hormone is yeah the melatonin hormone slowly starts to rise in the evening as cortisol goes down and then that's what makes you start feeling sleepy and women with pcos tend to have an issue with melatonin receptors on the ovaries and they're not as receptive to melatonin so sometimes taking a melatonin supplement could help or sometimes taking cbd to really reduce cortisol and then push that melatonin up can help as well yeah and there are some uh, supplements like for example i mean we'll we'll get into this later when we talk about um, Mm -hmm. how to get better sleep some great supplements are like magnesium for example adrenal soothe that can really help with uh, things like this so um, let's go on to the second reason why you might be experiencing insomnia or poor sleep Insulin resistance. Ugh, 80% of us struggling with insulin resistance. It's this disruption in our glucose synthesis process, and that makes us feel really fatigued, and it just throws off your body's ability to regulate blood sugar. Um, So you might feel fatigued throughout the day, and then you know this fight-or-flight response kind of kicks in because your body is crashing from the blood sugar. So Mm. it can like insulin and cortisol is really co-related. It has a lot to do with each other. So just being insulin resistant can lead to poor sleep. And then having poor sleep can lead to more insulin resistance the next day. So think about that for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Now this next one might be actually surprising and that is irregular menstrual cycles or missing periods or just basically irregular periods in general. You might be like, wait, how does this relate to sleep? But um, just after ovulation, there's an important hormone change that helps with your sleep cycle. When this is disrupted due to an irregular period, you may see worsening sleep problems. For example, um, painful cramping leads to higher levels of estrogen that disrupts REM sleep, which as you may know is deep sleep. And also, too little progesterone prevents the body from falling and staying asleep. Interesting how estrogen and progesterone can actually affect your, your sleep. So it's, it's good to keep in mind that uh, if you're having irregular periods or missing periods, regulating them may also help with sleep as well. And if you want to learn more about that, we also have a podcast episode about that. Um, if you check out, actually, I think it was just last week or two weeks ago, we had a sister who talked about her 10 tips into how she got her period back. So actually perfect timing with this one. Just two weeks ago, we had a podcast episode about this. That's a good point. And sometimes we don't really correlate the two together, irregular periods and fatigue and not being able to sleep at night. 
So next is anxiety and depression. Women with PCOS were three times more likely to experience depression and anxiety over a healthy woman who doesn't have PCOS. And this is partially due because we have this metabolic hormonal imbalance and some PCOS comorbidities like weight gain and acne and unwanted hair loss that really play a role in having anxiety and depression. So feeling this way can also lead to insomnia and having poor sleep at night, but not to be worried we are going to get into some of the things that you can do to get better sleep with PCOS. Yes. Yeah, let's get started with it. So the first one, as simple as it sounds, I mean, we're going to break it down, is giving yourself time to wind down. A morning routine is really great for physical and mental health, but an evening routine is just as important. Mm -hmm. It gives your body time to sleep and without a clear break or distinction between like going uh, like between your day and going to bed your body like may keep the, your cortisol levels high and your melat melatonin levels low even as you're trying to sleep at night so that little break let's say maybe after dinner i'm just making up a scenario here if this is not how your life is i totally understand but like let's say like you finish dinner at seven um and then you finish up with everything and then from eight to nine or eight thirty to nine thirty you just kind of take a moment to relax and maybe time you can break down what 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 a, like a regular wind down time would, would look like. Sure. A strong wind down routine for me looks like pouring myself some tea. I like to have rosehip tea at night because studies show that it lowers cortisol. So some rosehip tea and then I get my Kindle and I read a nice book and the Kindle is light. It's not like a blue light. So it's not disturbing me. Yeah, it's that paper book screen kind yeah. of thing. Avoiding blue lights is ideal for a good wind down. I mean, they even said that a, stu a study found that reading a book can reduce stress by 68%. So, like, that's a, like an extra mm -hmm. little tip right there that can coincide with the anxiety thing that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, totally. Also, I like to go on a walk around the evening time, sometimes like a 10-minute walk while the sun is setting because that those rays of the sun at night are different than the rays throughout the day. They're actually going to stimulate melatonin. So... This is like, I feel so different after an evening walk, honestly. And then um, a nice little meditative exercise, maybe yoga. Um, some others are even. like Tai Chi. You could stretch. Yeah. If you're like working out and you're sore, doing a good stress, stretch with the foam roller is great. And listening to music. And trust me, do all of these and you'll see such a difference in your ability to fall asleep quickly. Yeah. And some important things, too, is like kind of avoiding screens as hard as that may sound like avoiding your phone screen and just trying to like at least turn those things off after like 930 or something like that or like at least one hour before you sleep. Yes. So another tip is to take a melatonin supplement. Mm -hmm. Melatonin, it's vital for our bodies to fall asleep and to stay asleep. And it's actually, they call it the chill out hormone. It helps you chill out. It's like the opposite of cortisol. So like I said earlier, women with PCOS, our melatonin receptors sometimes are not as strong. And so a melatonin supplement might be something to consider. And as an added bonus, uh, magnesium is also a great one because it can help with sleep, relaxing. It can also help with like painful cramps. Shout out to Ovafit. Our multivitamin on, on Ovafit has uh, magnesium inside of it. That's right. <laughs> All right. So the next tip is to stick to your sleep schedule. 
it is so difficult to sleep at like nine and then wake up at five to work out. This is me. And then the next day, like sleep at 11 and then wake up at eight. And then the next day you have to sleep at nine to wake up at five again. So I'm just saying when your sleep schedule is not consistently the same, it is so hard to get your body to sleep. So Mm. if you tell yourself 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock, I'm going to sleep, then try to make that every day. And then it's hard on the weekends, but by the time it's Monday, maybe you can shift back into it. For me, it's a little difficult because Wednesdays, I don't have to wake up early to work out because that's my rest day. So I sleep in and then it throws me off on Thursday. And I'm just like, why did I do that? So definitely a sleep schedule is important. Yeah. I mean, it makes a big difference when you have that sleep schedule because like your body learns, like sometimes your body will wake up without even having an alarm. Yeah, I'm sure it's happened to all I'm, of everybody listening. Exactly. Yeah. I never thought I would be the person, but now I wake up at 5.30 without the alarm. But isn't it so annoying when you wake up and it's like two minutes before the alarm? I kind of want to have that extra two minutes, but now when I fall asleep, as I'm falling asleep, I know that there will be a uh, it's a horrible sound that's going to wake me up. And now my body's preparing to hear that in a minute, 30 seconds. And now it's even a minute. Now I can't fall asleep. You, know, you see what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. I feel it. I felt it today. So? So nothing. It is what it is. Okay, I guess we move on. <laughs> All right, so consistent sleep schedule. Uh, next one is getting some sun. Now, this one is actually really interesting because we talk about vitamin D all the time. But this is also about your circadian rhythm, which is not just by like your nighttime, but it's also set by the sun. So when you wake up in the mornings, it's really it's really important to take a walk or at least get outside to help signal your body that it's time to wake up to pump the cortisol or not pump it up but you know like to raise the cortisol levels to give your body that energy at night when you actually see or experience the sun setting that can actually signal to your body to release the melatonin hormone as crazy as all these things sound this is how our bodies were kind of like meant to live meant to live and engineered throughout the thousands and thousands of years you know the sun would tell our bodies okay it's nighttime it's time to like wind down and like get close to camp and be there for safety you know Mm -hmm. so really interesting stuff yes next tip oh actually it's one thing i I forgot to uh, read from our uh, doc too is that the sun's rays are actually different in the morning than the evening that's why like your body will differentiate between the rays in the morning and the rays in the evening not ray romano like rays like the sun rays rays. and between that your body's like okay it's nighttime or, or, or it's like daytime Right. It's time to sleep. It's time to wake up. It's like a signal to your body. Yeah. So the next tip is no caffeine after 3 p.m. But I want to revise it and say no caffeine after 12 p.m. Sure. Yeah. Because, I mean, everyone is different. Like some people process caffeine quickly and they pee it right out and then it doesn't like circulate in their system. It doesn't affect their cortisol. And then some people it does. And for PCOS women, since it's harder for us to bring our cortisol back down, it could be really, really bad for our sleep at night. So Mm -hmm. it's something to consider cutting down or having only in the mornings or removing altogether. Because if you're fatigued during the day and you're using caffeine as a crutch to keep you awake, then this is really going to eventually make you feel addicted to caffeine and then throw off your cortisol rhythms and not allow you to naturally get them um, regulated in the way that they should be so you could have quality sleep at night. So if you're going to have it, have it with your breakfast 
and, you know, leave it at that. Yeah, and it usually takes about three to six hours for your body to, like, flush out the caffeine from your blood, bloodstream, blood, mm-hmm. blood cells, blood stream, bloodstream. What, with that being said, if you, let's say you drink your coffee at, like, 3 p.m. So it's, if it's in your body for six hours, the caffeine, so by 9 p.m., let's say you're trying to get ready to sleep, your body can still be pumped up from that caffeine. Mm-hmm. You don't realize it because, like, maybe up until that moment, you were going throughout the day, school, work, kids, and, like, because life is crazy, you don't realize that the caffeine is there. And then finally, when everything's quiet, you're trying to wind down, your body is not ready to wind down because the caffeine is still pumping. So if you're drinking caffeine till late time, um, that could definitely have an impact. Yes. Or even just affect the quality of the sleep you have too. Quality of the depth of the sleep. Yes. Yes. All right. Next tip, set a bedroom oasis. All right. Turn like the air on to 70. I think they say it should be like 72 or something. You can something that seems cool. too warm for is it too warm? It's 72 for me and my soul because anything cool that right is now. too cold. Okay, Google that well. Okay. And get some blackout curtains. Get that light out of your room. You know, make sure that it's nice and dark and cool. You can even 65 have 65 like, degrees Celsius. Oh my god. You were seven degrees it's higher. Because I always put it at 72. Wait, some wow, well, Google says is 72 degrees too hot to sleep? How did you know we were thinking about 72, bro? What does it say? The recommended bedroom range for sleep is 60 and 72 degrees. Okay, That's a so wild range. But it that says, is a wild range. It says 60? 65 is considered the sweet spot for most people, Good according heavens. to Rayman. I'll die. The, I don't know who the hell Rayman is, but he seems to be an expert about temperatures and people's bodies. Okay. Um, also, you can have some lavender oil, you know, oh. a little bit of Can I say something? I'm so sorry. To calm you down. It says anything what? anything above 74 degrees for a prolonged period of time can cause serious health concerns. Stop. That's you. Italian oh sets the... I'm not joking, y'all. Italian <laughs> sets, sets the thermometer at 77. I am not joking. Serious health concerns? Like what? What should, well, be I con- what should be I concerned about? What should I be concerned about? All right. Well, we're fine. So 60 to 72 degrees, sisters. Set the tone for a good night of rest. We even, um, someone bought us a weighted blanket and we tried that because I've heard that that helps you get like deeper, higher quality sleep. I thought it was cool. Sirak felt like he had a bunch of chains on his body crushing him. It felt like chains. Yeah. So, but I thought it was okay. All right. Also, another one is, um, thing. What are those called? You put over your eyes. Sleep mask. Sleep mask. Big difference. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I guess those are all the um, tips to get better sleep with PCOS. If there's anything you feel like um, we didn't cover or you have any questions about, please feel free to ask us in the DMs or in in uh, the comments. But of course, um, you can always ask us in our private Facebook group as well in the Sisterhood. Speaking of which, let's, let's read a couple messages from in there. Yeah, let's go to our wins of the week. So the first one is from Jamie. Jamie says, how many times a day should you take Ovastol? I've been taking it once a day. I've been on it for three months now and my periods have been getting better each month. Like it comes every 28 to 30 days and that hasn't happened in seven years. Wow. You go, girl. That's amazing. You can take Ovastol twice a day. Yeah. But it sounds like once a day is good for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, generally recommended once in the morning with breakfast and once in the evening with your dinner. Uh, but that's amazing. So we were talking about earlier about getting your period back and how that affects your sleep. Uh, great to hear Jamie being able to get her period back. And, you know, um, I don't know if she had sleep problems, but maybe amazing. that helped her. 
Yeah. All right. Next is Anna Montemalo. She says, hi, sister. I hope everyone is having a good start to their new year. I just weighed myself this morning after two weeks starting gluten and dairy free, and I have lost four pounds. I'm sure a lot of that weight was water, but I am starting to feel so much better. That's amazing. That's awesome. Four pounds in two weeks is great. That's averaging two pounds a week. Yeah. And we talk about healthy, sustainable weight loss is one to two pounds a week. And so, so Anna, you're doing great. And even if you're not doing one to two pounds, by the way, it doesn't mean it's good or bad it's just yeah. that's like a general rule um of like healthy weight loss yes you're doing great i don't think it's water weight i think that that's like a steady healthy weight loss uh speed and you're probably losing a lot of inflammation in your body and maybe that makes you feel less swollen and bloated and it could be some water weight from that all right next our next win is from molly she says, hi, I joined the Sisterhood membership tonight and I'm about five minutes mm. into the videos and exploring the app and I'm feeling overwhelmed with gratitude. I never felt so seen and validated as I have in this five minutes. I'm sure this will only grow, but for now, all I can say is thank you so much. Oh, You're so, so sweet. welcome. Thank you, Molly. We really appreciate that. Oh my gosh, that. I can only imagine she's in like the learn tab watching yeah. the videos. Yeah. And I'm explaining PCOS in a fun way. I love that. I love that. For anyone who like wants to feel that same way or wants to feel like they have a resource that they can trust and also like get everything they need, please, please check out the Sisterhood app. I mean, we, we always talk about it. Like we talked about the process in the last year. Basically, we spent 12 months just building the app and, and launching it. So if you want to see what that's like, you can always find it. It's in the link in the description of this episode. Um, but yeah, thank you, Molly, for um, really uh, saying that message that makes our day. Oh, so sweet. Cool. So right, I guess sisters. Well, that is the episode, huh? You think we'll get better sleep tonight? I guess we need to do these I tips will. today. I mean, it's the wind, I'm telling you. It was like banging against the window. Yeah. But yeah, should be fine. I might take a nap after this episode right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. We hope you have a great rest of your week. Um, until next week's episode, we will talk to you in the Facebook group and on the gram and stuff. Talk to you soon, sisters. Take care. Bye. Hey sisters, just wanted to let you know that all of our podcast episodes have corresponding blog posts that dive deeper into each topic. So head over to PCOSWeightLoss.org slash blog. Is it slash or is it backslash blog? I don't know. I've always heard one or the other. It's forward slash. Or slash? Just in case, you can also go to PCOSWeightLoss.org. <laughs>